Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Wonderful. Well, some of you will know it on this teaching called His Name Will Be. And Jesus was given multiple names. His name will be. And last week we looked at his name will be Emmanuel, God being with us. Today I want to talk for a few minutes. And it will be short, Lottie. I'll do my best. His name will be Saviour. Which is a strange way to think about. When do you last hear anyone or anything described as saviour? What do you think about when you think saviour? And I'm not asking for any response here because it could get out of control. We could be here all night. But maybe you think of someone like Greta Thunberg sitting outside Swedish Parliament as a 15-year-old demanding the adults sort themselves out. The world needs saving. And maybe you see her as some kind of saviour. Or maybe if you're of similar age to me, you think of something like... Euro 1996 in Wembley Stadium and David Seaman in the quarterfinals facing Spain, the penalty shootout. He's there in his amazing blue and yellow goalkeeper outfit that fortunately was retired soon after David Seaman retired. And he's there facing the final kick of the match and he saves the goal. And England are briefly are briefly given an extra chance in the semi-final. That was a moment the whole country erupted because David Seaman had been the saviour of our nation for a few days anyway. Or maybe when you think save, you think of people who save people at the, the pool, the swimming pool, the lifeguards, the beaches. Maybe you're thinking right now in your head you can't get out an image of people wearing red swimsuits running in slow motion. You might need some help at this point. Maybe you think of a saviour, you think of lifeguards. Maybe you think of more superheroes. You like your saviours in capes. And you're thinking Batman, you're thinking Superman, you're thinking Superwoman. Or maybe if Marvel is your thing, you're thinking more Black Widow or Spider-Man, whatever you prefer. How do you see your saviours? Or maybe you think of real-life saviours. What about this guy by the name of Mamadou Gassama? And some of you may remember four years ago, 2018, he was walking on the road, minding his own business in Paris. And he looked up and he saw a small child hanging off a balcony four floors up. So what did he do? He thought, I know, I'll climb up the outside of this building. Four floors, no ropes, no tricks. And he rescued this child and hauled him over the balcony single-handedly. And when he was interviewed later on by a French TV station in I think he spoke in French, but what he said in English was, I think anybody would have done the same thing. I don't think anybody would. I think most people got their phones out and just videoed him doing it. Anyone, I don't want you to think about when you think of saviours. But all those people I've mentioned are flawed in some way or another. In the dictionary it says a saviour is a person who rescues people from something dangerous or from difficulty. A guardian, a hero, a protector, a rescuer, a deliverer, a knight in shining armor. haven't seen one of those for a while. But what's all this sim got to do with Jesus, with Christmas? His name will be Savior. Well, here's the backstory to Christmas. You see, the, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, were used to being trapped, enslaved, and occupied. They were slaves to the Egyptian nation for 400 years. And during those 400 years, each generation would say to the next generation, don't worry. There's a saviour coming. There's a Messiah. There's an anointed one that's going to save you. He's going to save his people. And every single generation would say to the next generation, there's a saviour coming. 
And when Moses came and he rescued the people, and he took them from the place of Egypt after 400 years of slavery, took them to their promised land. He wasn't the savior, even though he did a pretty good job. And he was ended up, the Israelites ended up in the promised land of Israel. And they settled and they created their history. They, they settled and had family, created their customs, their routines. And along came the Roman Empire. And they attacked them. They made them slaves again. They taxed them. They forced them to do their work for them. And once again, from one generation to the next, said, don't worry. There's a Savior coming. There's a Messiah. There's one who's anointed to save us and rescue us. You may think this is bad. Don't worry what the Romans can do to us because there is someone coming who's going to save us. So that's the backstory to the moment we've heard about in two different formats when there are the shepherds on the side of the field on the outskirts of Bethlehem in Luke chapter 2 when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, which I could understand. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, we do this all the time. It normally changes, charges people and worries them, but it's okay. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So we've gone from fear to joy in a matter of two sentences. And there they are on the hillside. And then they say these words. The angels say this. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, the, the shepherds may have been the most illiterate of the community of Israelites. They may have been the poorest. They may have been those on the edge of society, but they knew the story of the Savior. They knew that generations to generations, prophets and prophecies have said that there's one coming who will save us, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that will set us free. And he, the angels may appear and say, there's a Savior born today in Bethlehem, the little town of Bethlehem just behind you, wrapped in strips of cloth and placed, as we heard today, in a cow's breakfast bowl. That's a new one on me. But I guess it works. But he was placed in the manger and the shepherds ran to go and find this baby. So when Jesus was born, he was called the saviour of the world. And I know that some people say, but I don't really want a saviour. Because to be saved means I'm weak and I need rescuing. I don't want to be saved because that looks like I can't manage my own life myself. I want to do things my way. I think we're all guilty of that on some days. Or some people say, well, I want a saviour, but I want my saviour to be big and strong and muscular and wealthy and, and famous and to have all the trappings of everything the world has got to offer. I don't know if I want my saviour to look like a baby in an animal feeding trough. I want my hero of a saviour to look impressive. And yet we reduce the saviour of the world down every Christmas to a small baby. And we forget what Jesus became. That Jesus was anointed at birth to become the saviour of the world. And when there was that dream that was mentioned earlier, when Joseph had that dream and he was thinking about uh, calling it off with Mary, what did the angel say to Joseph in the dream? Your son, your, so your wife Mary will bear a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He's going to be a savior. Joseph, it's going to be all right. Your son is going to need a stepdad. Are you willing to step up into the gap and help your son? Because he's going to be a savior of the world. Jesus, the baby, the savior. 
And what is that word being sin? Sin rescued from sin. What does that really mean? The word sin, it always makes uncomfortable, doesn't it? Like, I've been naughty. I've done something wrong. I'm in trouble. I feel uncomfortable when people mention sin, especially in a church. It looks like this. We might be all in trouble. But the word sin, it comes from a Hebrew word called haktar, um, which is basically a, a, it's like a, an archery term. Hatar means you've fallen short of the mark. And you imagine a, a target at archery practice. You've got that gold circle in the middle. Son, you know, because you do archery, don't you? There we go. Thank you. So you probably know the Hebrew words that go with archery as well. No, okay. Just wonder, just checking. There's a gold circle at the center. Everyone is aiming for that. That's the point that everyone is aiming for. And there's other parts of the circle, the concentric circles, the black, the blue, the red, the gold in the center. And if you miss the mark, hatar means I've come a little bit short of where I wanted to be. And sin is about falling short of God's best for us. We haven't quite made the center of the target. We haven't quite delivered what we hoped to deliver. We didn't quite achieve what we hoped to achieve. We didn't live our life the best way we could have done. We've fallen short of the mark. Or as Romans 3 says, we've fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. We all need a saviour. Jesus is the saviour of the world. He's here to save you and to save me. He is our rescuer. He is our liberator. He is our hero. He may not be the knight in shining armour, but he fulfills all his other criteria of one who sets his people free. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever will believe in him will not die but have everlasting life. That story, after 2,000 years, is still true today. The mission of God is to reconnect his people to Father God, to be back in relationship with him. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth and life. No one comes to Father except through me. When you hear that phrase this Christmas time about his name will be Savior, just think for a moment about not the baby Jesus, but the Jesus who grew up to an adult who died an awful death on the cross, who took our place and said, I will save you from your sins. Where you've missed the mark, I will rescue you. I will take your place. And my question for you tonight, for all of us, is how do you see Jesus tonight? Is he your saviour? Or is he a nice cute baby that you'll put away in the loft until the Christmas decorations come next year? I hope and pray that for each one of us, that when we think of Jesus and we think of someone who saves us, who sets us free. The Bible tells when someone gives their life to Jesus, when they choose to follow him and say yes to following him, there is a party in heaven. There is a celebration. There's the angels, the cute angels, the big and the small angels, have a party of celebration, celebrating the souls that are saved. That story of the prodigal son returning to his father is the image of what God puts on for each one of us when we say yes to the Savior. Thank you for saving us, Jesus Christ. And we choose to follow his ways because we want to be people that hit the mark and live the life that he's called us to live. I can I invite you to stand and I want to pray for us before we continue with our final song. Let me just pray. Thank you, Father God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world. All the risks that were involved as a vulnerable baby, as our saviour.
to set us free, to rescue us. Father, I pray whatever our story is tonight in this building and for those who are watching later on on Catch Up, Lord, I pray that they would know you as Savior, not just as a name or a historical figure, but in a relationship that they know they can set them free, that they would discover a Savior. And Lord, would there be joy in heaven for every soul saved? Would there be joy in this place as we celebrate Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world? Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.